Week 8, Session 5 True North Stand by the road and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your soul. Jeremiah 6, 16 Uncharted Territory What happens when a prisoner who's been locked away for 20 years or so is released from incarceration? Some may take their own lives, some may re-offend simply to get back into jail. Most don't know how to cope in a world without walls, so they yearn for an environment where the rules tell them where to go and what to do. A very few do well, but those who do learn new ways of thinking, and they meet new people and gain support. They learn and adapt. When the Israelites were freed from the captivity of the Egyptians, they were not freed from their ways of thinking. Their outer circumstance had altered rapidly, but their inner world remained that of slaves. Their freedom proved impossible to grasp, and so they longed for a return to captivity. They were, in a way, institutionalized, slaves in their thinking. So, God raised up Moses in the house of Pharaoh so he would have the mind of a king, a mind for freedom. When someone else's mindset has been one of a slave, and they have been granted freedom, those who have freed them are often surprised at the lack of joy in the heart of the one released. It's not that they don't appreciate freedom, it's just that they don't know how to cope with it. They've never exercised choice, they have never entertained a desire to progress, they have never smelt, tasted or breathed in freedom. And so they often lose their bearings like a ship without a compass, looking at a 360-degree horizon and afraid to go in any direction lest it be the wrong one. When we try to change our mindset from linear thinking to circular thinking, we can begin to get a little lost too. The old grids of reference are gone. We used to find our place by comparing our position with others and our goal was usually simple. Keep every line on the graph pointing to the right and up. But all this talk of going around in circles, of remembering and looking ahead, is quite a change in perspective. We used to have a simple map for our life. We would have an endpoint, a set of goals, and if God had other ideas, we were obviously open to that, but relied on Him to revise the map. And as we pray, we would constantly ask God to show us the next waypoint on the journey. In many ways, that's still valid. God is still a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. But we can begin to see that a prayer for clear guidance in life direction can sometimes go unanswered. It's not that God is deaf. He hears and he cares where we go, but he put in place wisdom as a fundamental part of the created order, and he wants us to use it. He calls us children, his sons, not slaves, and draws us toward the thinking of a son. But here's where we go a little off track, literally. God's wisdom is where we apply God's truth to life. Earthly wisdom is where we apply worldly truth to life. Earthly truth is linear and performance-driven. It's looking for progress based on achievement. God's truth is about kingdom and freedom and impacting the world for the purposes of God. He wants us to learn how to journey with Him, not to focus too much on destinations because He's beyond time and our idea of finish lines. He seldom gives us a map that outlines our long-term life direction. That would tempt us to rely on the map rather than on faith. Rather, he gives us an internal compass that knows north from south. In the absence of directive guidance, God expects those who are aiming for the promised land, or even those in it, to use their compass, to make choices based on what they know is true and valuable. The challenge with that arrangement is this. 
our moral compass sometimes gets a little messed up. We are still in some degree of struggle between the old nature and the new, and so our internal drives will sometimes get us a little off track. We could call this the difference between heading for true north and magnetic north. Navigators understand these terms. Magnetic north is a varying direction based on the location of the Earth's magnetic fields. True north is absolute north, a heading for the northern axis of the Earth. They must constantly be aware of the effects of magnetic north on their compass, otherwise they veer slightly off track, going in what they think is the right direction, unaware that they are increasingly off track. How true is this of our daily life? Our motivations are mixed. We can't really separate personal ambition from a kingdom agenda sometimes, and we switch from striding to striving very quickly indeed. So, how do you proceed? How do you finish this section of the circular journey you're on and re-enter the fray with a new perspective? How do you determine your unique true north? The idea and ramifications of the answer to this make up the next course in the series called Engaging. It equips you to engage with the world, engage with God, and engage God with the world. But we can give you a few pointers now about true north. Basically, there are three layers to ascertaining God's direction for your life. They are built on each other, and in the absence of a higher layer, you simply revert to the next one down. We refer to these layers as the should, the could, and the call. Together, they make up your compass for navigating life in a kingdom way. The should. This foundational layer provides the bedrock for the other two. The others can never contradict the principles of what should be done. The should is what we should be about. It's the moral will of God, the things we know are God's will. We don't need to ask him for guidance on what he has already told us to do. As Micah 6.8 says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. There are some agendas God just expects we'll be about to love God passionately, love people extravagantly, to make disciples, to care for his creation, and so on. In the absence of any other detail, this is what we should be about. Anything else God may give us on the way will be to feed into his already required agenda. This is, however, where the draw of magnetic north can come into play. A carnal Christian mindset will be drawn to do godly-looking things but do them in humanistic ways. Below the surface, the desire to be needed or recognised will begin to fuel our personal drive, but merely do it in a Christian environment. It is vital to do God's will in God's way. This is easy to determine. We simply need to look at the example of Jesus, the ultimate wise person who applied the truth of God to everyday life. God's moral will is seen in Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He saw right through those fulfilling magnetic north agendas in the kingdom setting. They were the religious leaders of the day, those he opposed the most. If you want an answer to what God's will is for your life, start here. What would Jesus do if he were in your situation right now? Straight away you can see the difference between a prescriptive definition of God's will for your life and what we're defining here. Like Jesus did, it's a way to travel, not a place to travel to. Read the scriptures, feed off God's word. By reading what he has said, you position yourself to hear what he's saying now. That's the first layer of direction, the should. 
The could. What can you do? You're unique, good at a few things, probably ordinary at a whole lot more. Do you know your strengths and weaknesses? How would your unique makeup be best put to use by God to fulfill his universal agenda? Wise Christians have learned that not every Christian can be expected to do every Christian thing. That's why we're like it in two parts of the body. We need to give ourselves permission to function within the unique design God had in mind for us, to spin just a plate or two and let the others be spun by someone else in the body who was designed for it. The could layer of true north refers to the actual things we can do. God said to Gideon, go in the strength you have. In other words, you know what should be done. Clear the land of enemies. Go and do what could be done personally by you and I'll join you. Nathan the prophet said to David in 2 Samuel 7, who was dreaming of a temple for God, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it for the Lord is with you. A few things need to be considered regarding this most challenging area of true north. We tend to get too prescriptive in how we define our personal strengths and abilities without seeing the underlying aptitudes that filter into everything we do. The skills you have in this time and culture would probably never have been found if you lived in another time and place. And yet, your underlying aptitudes would have come through in any environment and shown unique abilities to do certain things well. To discover these aptitudes is an exercise worth pursuing. Deeper still are the inner motivations that fuel our tank. Sometimes we are just attracted to certain worthy endeavours or repelled by particular injustices. This is determined by our irreducible core, the deepest level core values that we will never compromise on and which will constantly look for fulfilment. Most people know what their core values should be, but fewer know what they are. Discover them, combine them with your strengths, and you will become powerful in fulfilling a kingdom purpose. The Call This is the layer we all want. We want God to call out and say, Hey, go this way! Which He, of course, does at specific times and through various means, but just not enough to stop us guessing. The interesting thing is that when you listen over time to the ways people believe God is calling them and the things he's calling them to, you can't help but scratch your head and think, did God really call them or did they just hear what they wanted to hear? It's true. Magnetic North serves to distort the way we perceive God's voice, whether it's through scripture, revelations, the words of friends, open doors or timely circumstances. And it can be genuinely hard to tell the difference at times between God's agenda and our own. We should constantly run any perceived calling rigorously through the grid of the should and the could. We can ask, would Jesus be about this calling? Is it something which suits my strengths or will it drain life out of me? We should then bounce the idea of trusted and wise friends who will be impartial, looking out for our well-being. Again, as with the could layer of True North, sometimes we're too prescriptive in the way we look for God's calling in our life. We tie it down to the level of activity, but again, God has another agenda. He shows it to us through scriptures like Isaiah 43.1, I have redeemed you, I have called you by name. God doesn't primarily call us to a job description or activity. His major calling is to a name. In scripture, the person is defined or described by the name. Jacob is the grasper of the heel. 
Jabez was one who brought pain. The name was given to describe who they were at the time. God is calling you by name, and it's probably not the name your parents gave you. He gives us a new name, and his calling will always be about the unending journey to have you become the person of that name. He is not into doing as much as being, because what we do springs from who we are. He is calling you to be more like you, and he won't ever relent on that. He will keep bringing seasons and cycles, spirals and callings, and give you opportune times to celebrate, remember, to make progress, and most of all, find freedom in your personal journey. Two promises belong to those who take this journey of true north. The first is to receive an intimate walk with God that is bread for the soul. And the second is to become the person God created and called you to be. In Revelation 2 verse 17, Jesus himself says, To the one who overcomes, I'll give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I'll give them a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except the person who receives it. The manna is to eat the bread of life, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The white stone shows us the name. We will see that name one day with him and we'll probably smile. So much will make sense to us then. The wilderness seasons, the promised lands, the revelations, the times God tested us, the times he provided miraculously for us, it will all fit into place. It will be all about the name, the unique person he was making you to be. So as you stand at the end of this short journey, reflect on Jeremiah 6, 16. Stand by the road and look, and ask for the ancient paths, where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your soul. Welcome to the rest of your life. Welcome to the spirals and seasons of kingdom living. I trust that this course has been of some use to you on your journey. If it has, then don't put it away never to be used again. Remind yourself of these ancient pathways, and let the timeless ways of God saturate your soul and bring you to life again. May God be with you on your journey. Thank you.